cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to an episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields. With me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Gabe Mendoza, EVP of Revenue at Forefront Ventures. Gabe, thanks for taking time. How are you doing today? Happy to be here. Negative uh, 14 degrees in Chicago, so I'm happy to be inside with you guys today. Thanks for having me. Let's go back to Forefront, right? One of the oldest, if not the oldest. I'm not so familiar with some of the history here because we're predating me, for sure. When did Forefront get started and take us through kind of the evolution of it from the early days to kind of where we are now? Yeah, so that's I think that's one of our really unique differentiators here is that we started Forefront started in 2011. It started as a uh, application writing consultancy where we were helping people all over the country write their applications. Um, We had developed a a really robust set of SOPs from Harborside. We partnered with Harborside, which for many of the listeners who know that it's it's a it was founded in Oakland and and had a was one of the first really legitimate dispensary chains. And so we worked with them to create these SOPs and we took these SOPs and we started to uh, apply and win these licenses. Once we had won about 60 of these, we started to ask ourselves, well, hey, we're pretty good at this. Why don't we go ahead and do this ourselves? And so that's what that's what we did. And we started by uh, winning and acquiring licenses in, in Illinois. And then we took that we took that roadshow and we went into Pennsylvania. We went into Massachusetts. We acquired stuff in Arizona, Arkansas, Michigan. And so it really started in 2011. We were able to take that and parlay that into actually opening and running our own licenses. And the amount of time that we spent in this industry has helped us really hone in what we think on the industry and has helped us evolve because, you know, what we thought in 2011 and what is the reality in 2024, quite different, right? And so it's been a blessing to be able to be around for this long. I love it. So let's get overall top level assets so people can see like forefront, this is where they're positioned, this is where their their assets are. Give us just a rough breakdown of those. Yep. So we've got a cult we have cultivation in Washington. You can't be vertical in Washington, the state of Washington. So uh Washington was really our bread and butter where we started to understand our cultivation processes, where we had to understand because of the market and how highly competitive it is, that you need to understand cost structure, you need to be able to be competitive from a pricing standpoint. Um, while also maintaining quality and branding as well. So Washington is where we we started from our cultivation side. In Illinois, we have two retail licenses. We have a third, fourth, and fifth on the way. And I can talk to you more about that. But we're starting construction on our, our third one next week. And we have a cultivation center right now in Illinois. It is, it's uh, on the smaller side. So we are we're in the process right now. We're moving by by the end of this year, even before the end. We're going to be inside of a new facility, which is going to be 250,000 square feet, 40,000 square feet of canopy, which is a 5x of our current canopy. And so that's going to we're really digging deep into Illinois because we have the ability to to scale here. And so transfer, transferring to Massachusetts. We've got three dispensaries in Massachusetts. We also have three Grove processing facilities. So that's a max. We've maxed out in Massachusetts. Uh, we're, we're really excited about the locations that we have. 
We continue to see uh, customer growth and even the price compression that you're experiencing in Massachusetts. We're actually not experiencing that as much because of the product differentiation that we have. People are buying more from us. And so that's, I think that's kind of bucking the trend with a lot of the, the other state stores in Massachusetts. So Washington, Illinois, Massachusetts. Do you think product innovation comes from the bottom up instead of the top down? I think that it, it depends on who who's at the top, right? I think that uh, it really, the way that we do it is we know what we don't know. We know that at the executive level, we can run an efficient operation. We have cost structures in place, but are we heads down in the weeds at the same level as our dispensary employees or our cultivation employees who are looking at this and talking about this every single day. You know, I think that there's an argument to be made that they have a, they're talking about this every single day. They're in the facilities every single day. And so to not listen to them would be foolish. So we have uh, every quarter, we have a all hands where we bring the employees together and we talk about product innovation. And then we create a roadmap based on what those are. And some of those, those ideas make it right. The hunt is a perfect example of that. And some of them don't, right? And so this is, this is a, we aren't cocky enough to think that we've got all the answers. We know that this is a team, team effort. And so we lean on them. I want to get into some of the experience and then specifically EVP of revenue, because I'm really fascinated by your title. So my understanding is you've launched 14 dispensaries, three cultivation centers in seven different states. That's right. Is there a certain state that has been more problematic than others? Yeah. No, I mean, so Massachusetts was a very difficult state from a regulatory standpoint because the local municipalities in Massachusetts uh, really had problems with allowing for cannabis to, to, to be in, in their in their little neighborhoods. And so it took me three years to get the Brookline, Massachusetts dispensary open. Three years, three years. And so that has been a really difficult state to operate. And now that we're open and, and running, you know, it's, it's great. And I think that you're starting to see if you know anything about what's happening with the CCC in Massachusetts, it's like a dumpster fire over there. Uh, and so... God, I hope that doesn't get me get me in trouble with the CCC. But but I don't think it, they're big listeners. It, really, <laughs> it has been it's very old school political there. And not to say that Illinois is not, but there was a lot of folks that said, you know, NIMBY's not in my backyard. We're not going to have this. I remember we had opened up a dispensary in Cambridge, right in, in Harvard Square, and we were operating it. And the sheriff came and closed us down. And we reopened because there was no reason why the, the local municipality was trying to revoke our our permit. And we had a lawyer who was working for us and called us up and said, hey, guys, I was just working on another case. And the local PD was telling me how they were going to raid a cannabis dispensary in Cambridge. And I asked him who it was. And it was it's you guys. So you guys cannot, you don't, do not read. And this was, I mean, this was 2018, 2017. It wasn't like this was in the beginning stages. I mean, they were going to, they were literally setting up to raid us because we were open with the pr proper permits and this Cambridge didn't want to give it to us uh, or they wanted to revoke it so that they could, they could hold off. And I think just last year, they finally reissued that permit, you know, five odd years or whatever years later, but it's just like, you're going to do what? Dream smoking session, three people dead or alive. Oh, okay. So 
you know who I'd like to smoke with? Jesus. Right. That would be I like that. wild. That, that would be wild. wild. He's got he's got a lot to say. Um, uh, I would like to smoke with Bob Marley. I think that that would have, that would be really transformational just to understand his his ideas on on Rastafarianism and, and just the culture in general. That would be huge. And then one third other person. I'd love to smoke with you guys. Appreciate that. You can only choose one of us, though. Oh shit! Well, I guess East Coast it is. Oh. Just, uh, <laughs> respectfully to Bob Marley, you said to be transformational to smoke with him, but not Jesus. Oh, well, you know, Jesus is a given. That's, it's that's a, yeah, I just had to ask to clarify that because, like, you put oh, yeah, transformational yeah. on Bob Marley, and I was like, "Wow, Jesus!" That's How did you walk on water? How are you doing I mean, this? Those are probably not a simple answer. First thing is cut water. <laughs> We're gonna need some wine before I offer this. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with the first miracle first please. yeah thank you you can and i will any- enjoy the story with my wine now <laughs> it's pre-roll <laughs> if you could put anything on a billboard metaphorically speaking to get a message to billions of people it could be an image a quote a word or something that inspired you what is the first thing that comes to mind i think naming your fears and leaning into those things is huge right i mean because i deal with hundreds of employees on on a daily basis, right? And my goal as a leader is to be able to get the best out of them, whether that's for us as a company, but mostly for themselves. And there are so many doubts in people's minds and that doubt leads to fear. And if you can just name that fear, understand it, embrace it and lean into it, you're gonna be so much better and stronger as a person. I mean, it's a muscle, right? That you need to really be able to flex in order to get the best version of yourself. Because if not, you're you're limiting the only life that you have. And, and that is such a, it's it's such a gift we all have, right? And so to be able to, if I could remove doubt and fear from, from people and allow them to be the best versions of themselves, I think that this world would be an amazing place. Okay, if our listeners, they want to get in touch and they want to check Forefront's products, where can they find you? What I would recommend is our retail site is missiondispensaries.com. So if you're in the Massachusetts area, if you are in the Illinois or the Washington area, or I guess Washington would be cultivation, but Illinois and Massachusetts, please go to missiondispensaries.com. You get to see all of the different products that we we offer. If you want to look at the the company as a, from a parent company, go to forefrontventures.com. That's the number four, then frontventures.com. And it, yeah, I think that there is... There's a lot of really exciting things to come in Illinois and we're continuing to innovate in Massachusetts and we're, we're bringing all of that from Washington. So please do keep a, keep an eye on us. Awesome. We'll link on all the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Likewise. Take care guys. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi. 
it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.